What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the John Dawson Perspective Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything. I want to remind you guys to stay motivated, stay blessed, stay excited, and get done what you got to get done. So without any more waste of time, let's dive into it. What is up, everybody? Ben, how are you doing this beautiful Friday, Friday evening? John, I am great, personally. I know it's been a hell of a week for a lot of Americans, but personally, I had a good week. There's a lot going on, as you know. How are you this evening, Friday evening? Dude, I'm 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 good. I'm a little heated. the last The last couple of days, I've I've been in my political feels pretty hardcore. Um, one because of everything that's going on in the news. Two because I had a parent teacher meeting for my daughter yesterday, and they required us to wear masks. So I was up in that bitch with a Trump 2020 mask on. So oh, dude, no apologies. Um, and and three. Because people are so upset and they're still not doing a damn thing. So I, I've just kind of been in my feels recently, man. Just like, like not pissed off, but just like not burnt out. Like a mixture of pissed off, burnt out, and just like disappointed. Well, I, so first of all, I heard about the parent-teacher conference, as you mentioned it. I also heard, I didn't see the video, but I heard you put out a video. My girlfriend was actually telling me about it, that you actually swore in one of your videos. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, so yeah. So you had a, it was a parent-teacher conference or like a PTA meeting? Was it like just you one-on-one with the teacher? No. So it was like all the parents coming together to to get like the packets and information for the school year for like kind of like the precautions since COVID's coming back. COVID was like a big topic of it all. And just, you know, it, 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 I found out right before we left. Right. So I didn't know. And then when I found it out, my wife was like, okay, um, we have to wear a mask. Do you have a mask? And I was like, I'm not wearing a mask. Like, you know, and, and I hate being that guy because I get that there's reasons why people have to wear a mask. I'm like, I'm not wearing a mask. Like, I, like that was the moment where like, I'm so done. Like, I just want to scream for the rooftop being like, this is bullshit. And and I made a video basically saying that where it's like I'm at some point we all need to stop, you know, with the pleasantries. I don't give a damn if my neighbor Jeff doesn't like me because I'm 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 considered radical. We all worry so much about this little stuff. And and when I'm sitting in these meetings, I see people around me that are just as frustrated as me. So I'm like, if we all just voiced our frustration, we wouldn't be doing this right now. But we're all so peer pressured into this silence. And yeah, I just I just flip. I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like I like I'm like I apologize for cursing, but fuck that. I'm so sick and tired of everyone complaining about it. But no one, no one is willing to stand up and say anything about it or just not do it. And, and I just yeah, got over it. I was over it. Well, I mean, the thing is you say you, you know, nobody wants to be that guy, but the reality is that somebody has to be that guy. We're all at a point right now where we have to be that guy. Nobody wants to be the guy, but everybody's looking for that guy to be the trendsetter, to be the one that says, I'm not doing this. And then everybody follows through. Everybody follows suit. And that's that's the way it needs to be. Everybody, we're looking for leadership right now. And there's such a lack of it. And you being a Texan, obviously you guys are used to not wearing masks. You guys have very lax COVID rules and all that, as you should. It's been a little different here in Maryland, not necessarily the last couple months because they lifted most of the restrictions, but... 
here if somebody said, you know, you have to wear a mask to your PTA meeting, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But again, we don't have the freedoms that you had down in Texas. And, and that was the shocker. Cause, cause I mean, and, and I wore, and I wore the mask mainly, and I'll tell you why I wore the mask and why this is such a catch 22. I wore the mask because I understand that not necessarily do the people that run that school want to wear masks, but they're under requirements where if they don't do these things, they open themselves up to be targeted, to be shut down or to be um, alienated by the city to where they can no longer do what they do. So I, I, I understand the business aspect of it where they're trying to protect themselves. But then I also am like, if you guys don't, someone else won't, then someone else won't. And then, and then we're free. And, 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 you know, take that as like, oh, you're, you're overreacting, John. But it's, it's to the point where I'm a respectful individual, which is why this implementation is so easy, because they already know that the law-abiding citizens want to be law-abiding citizens, want to be courteous and, and understanding of others. So we are, but in that same breath, we're also being pushed over. So it's, it's, it's a difficult, I mean, and, and that's kind of, it's just been difficult, man, where I'm just like, I don't want to be the guy causing the scene. Not because, I mean, you guys see my tech, not because I don't want to be unliked. I could really care less, but because I don't want to ruin things for other people because I decided to throw a fit and, and no one else, you know, and, and nothing good comes of it. Well, I mean, you know, like you said, nobody wants to be that guy. But you're standing there with a group of other parents who are just as frustrated as you are. And it's the idea of, you know, you give them an inch they, and you, they take a mile. So yeah. if they see that, oh, we can get the parents to wear masks when they come here. Even in Texas, we can get the parents to wear masks when they come into the building. So let's see if we can get the parents on board to make the students wear masks when they come into the building. It's all, it's all a give and take. And, and you know, in, in the end, they're just trying to, they're trying to feel you out and see what they can take from you before you'll actually stand up to it. Exactly. And, and I said, I'm like, if, if they once mentioned that the kids have to wear masks, I'm out. No questions asked. I'm not even going to fight them on it. I'm just out. I'm gone. I'm, I'm not doing it. My daughter's not wearing a mask no matter what. Well, I mean, as I'm sure you may or may not know, but the, the science doesn't support children wearing masks. The science doesn't support mandatory vaccines for kids. We don't need to get into that. But, you know, the thing is, nobody wants, the in, no, nobody wants the hassle of it. Nobody wants to hear somebody, you know, bitch and moan at them for not wearing a mask. Nobody wants the, you know, the Karen in the back of the room saying, just put on a mask. It's not a big deal. And then, like, you kind of feel like an asshole, but at the same time, you're standing up for what you believe in. We're, in su we're at such a weird point in American history. But uh, all said and done, we are very blessed to live here in America as opposed to other regions of the world. Oh yeah, we still have so much, but but it's gonna go quick. Hey Daniel, just just while I'm thinking, can you look up Texas COVID cases and deaths in the last thirty days? Just just out of curiosity, I meant to look it up before I hopped on here. Um, it's it's so I was talking to somebody from uh, so I was filming a commercial this week with with Diamondback Tool Belts, and uh, the the lady I forgot what her job title was, uh, but but something. She was from um, Russia, Soviet Union. Um, left when she was 13 or something like that. I'm not, I'm not sure on that, but she left, you know, well into being aware of what's going on in the world. And she was basically telling me how it's like, I mean, and, and I've heard people talk from other countries that say the same exact thing. I mean, it's nothing new, but it was weird just because I mean, I spent two full, two 12 hour days, like kind of talking to her off and on. And she was basically saying like, the American people are so stupid 
to think that anything that's bad is going to be obvious. Nothing bad is as obvious as, oh my gosh, everybody agrees Trump's bad. He must be bad. That's never the case. The bad is never widely accepted as, or, or yeah, the bad is never widely accepted as bad. Otherwise, it'd be so easy to just snuff it out. Like you just be like, done. I'm like, I will shut it down. So when you think that it's just a mask, when you think that it's just having to have vaccine cards to do things, to go to sporting events, to do whatever, when you think it's just having to have vaccines to go to school, when you think it's just about, you know, uh, um, not speaking your mind on social media for fear of losing your job, for fear of losing your sponsors and your clients, when you lose your, your ability to use the number one platforms in the world because you have a difference of opinion, that is not the good. That is the bad being hidden in these, in these small minor moves to eventually take away your freedoms. And, I'm, and people, when people hear me say take away freedoms, they think, oh, you're going to all of a sudden be enslaved. By, no, freedom means you're no longer allowed to do things without uh, every move you make being traced by someone, which were already there unknowingly. But losing your freedoms means that you are no longer allowed to move about the cabin without the captain say so. And that's where we're headed. That's why they have all these regulations. It's not meant to be, it's not meant to look like a big shift in power. It's meant to look like small, insignificant, it's just 5,000 things. And then those 5,000 things paint a mural of whatever the opposite of freedom is. You can call it what you want. Well, it's sort of a mob mentality. You know, you can choose to go with the herd or you can choose to step back and see, sort of observe the direction that the herd is moving. So you talk about, you know, somebody like the president being banned from a, a social media platform. You know, a lot of people like to see it. He was sort of, uh, you know, the heckler at a baseball game when it comes to social media and tweets. But the bigger story there was that the president of the United States was removed from social media, not just Twitter, all social media. Uh-huh. That's the bigger story. Not the fact that he not the fact that, you know, they shut up the heckler. You know, they stuck it to him. Orange man bad. The bigger story there that nobody wanted to really address at the time, besides, you know, the people that supported him, the mainstream narrative was that they got rid of a heckler. This is a good thing. But the underlying issue was that big tech just reared their teeth and showed you what they're capable of with zero repercussions. And if they can do that to somebody like Donald Trump, first of all, a billionaire with million dollar lawyers, a team of them. And the president of the United States, the highest office in the world, what do you think they can do to you? Anything they want. Anything they want. Uh, Dude, it's I've been watching Silicon Valley recently just because in I mean, I love the show. It's a great show. But I also like to see the way that because I mean, it's directly modeled after the actual Silicon Valley and the tech industry. It's interesting to see how they write the script and how the minds of big tech works. It's it's all about you know, the, the for the greater good, right? And we all know how dangerous that statement is. But in tech, it's like everybody finishes their pitch for tech with it's for the greater good. Think of the think of the the lives we could save or the lives that we could encourage to grow or or just think of the good, the greater good we could do with this new technology that automates, you know, data sharing so that you don't ever have to download anything on your phone. We ju- we'll just hold all your personal information for you. Don't worry about it. It's for the greater good. And 
we constantly get told that. I mean, wear a mask. It's not for you. It's for the greater good. It's for others. It's for all these people. Because people know that we don't value ourselves as high as valuing the perception of others on us and the lives of others. No matter how bad of a person you are, I mean, there's a few, we value other people's lives in mass more than we value our single life consciously or subconsciously. We like if you and I had to go down with the ship individually, or we would survive and 50 other people would go down with the ship, most of the time, I mean, you know, maybe not in that extreme, most of the time people would say, Yeah, I'll go down with the ship and I'll save these 30 lives. Or you get sick for a week, or 50 people get sick for a week. It's like, okay, I'll get sick for a week. So they use this type of fear-mongering on us to kind of leave us in a corner where it's like you have to, otherwise you're a bad person. This narrative as you described of the greater good that honestly is what really scares the shit out of me that to me is one of the most important issues one of the most important things that i pay attention to is the propaganda behind this idea of for the greater good now i'll be the guy that says public health and safety cannot should not and if it was up to me will never be priority number one if health and safety of people is priority number one, then why not just skip all the bullshit? Why not just put us all in, in cages and put us all in feeding tubes and be done with it? You know, give us all a computer. We can serve society in whatever digital way we can so we can pay for our feeding tubes. Black mirror. And keep, keep us all locked away in cages. If that's what the end goal is, if that's what's so important to people, skip all this bullshit, skip the propaganda, just put us all in cages and be done with it. And it's it's... And that's kind of where I'm at, though, where, with with all of this, where it's just it doesn't make sense. Daniel, did you get did you get numbers for Texas? So this week there's been seventeen thousand three hundred forty four new cases, two hundred and thirty five deaths. Now, deaths this week. This week, and three million is the total number for all the cases ever in Texas. Yes, and fifty fifty six thousand deaths. Fifty six thousand deaths. Yeah. Okay, so the, the population of Texas is roughly 30 million people. <laughs> so you're talking about a just just above a 10% infection rate in over a year and a half yeah. for the world's deadliest pandemic. P- countries ruin their economies for this. Families have been you know disbanded. Friends of uh, relationships have never be, will never be mended because of this deadly virus. And you're talking about in almost two years now. A 10% infection rate. Infection you rate. said, what, 50, 56,000 deaths? 54,000 deaths. Well, now I'm, I'm no math- mathematician. Daniel, you want to run the numbers on uh, 30 million to uh, 56,000? Yeah. Give us, give, us, give us the percentage of deaths here in Texas. And, and again. And this is not that we're discounting. Every death is, is, is unfortunate. Every death is, is a sad day for some family, for somebody. 100%. My, my thing is there is death all around us. I mean, and and it's not always your driving a car usually is going to involve someone else. If you crash, if you're drunk driving, right? Smoking cigarettes, secondhand smoke, uh, uh, diet that, that affects your children. That affects your, your, your grand. I mean, what we choose to eat, what we choose to cook, all this stuff affects our, our society as a whole. That's why America, our, our number one cause of death is, is heart disease. Because we don't care about health. We care about being comfortable and feeling comfortable. And again, the, the thing about that 54,000 number is that we don't know if that's accurate. Well, I mean, 
quite the contrary, we know for a fact that, that that's been proven not to be accurate. Maybe not in specifically Texas, but in the nation as a whole. All these people that have comorbidities, diabetes, obesity, um, whatever the case may be. If somebody, I mean, we know about the um, the reimbursements that uh, FEMA was giving to hospitals when people were marked COVID death on their death certificate as opposed to anything else. We know about the motorcycle rider in Texas. I mean, and these are just, these aren't isolated incidents. This is just what was uncovered, what, what made the news. And and this is, and how many, how many deaths, or what's the percentage, Daniel? 1.8% have died. Of the died people that were in, oh wait, of the population. Of the population. 1.8. But let me, which is a lot. When you put it like that, it sounds pretty bad. It's So let's, let's just, let's go crazy. Let's call it 2%. In a state that closed down for a very short period of time, in a state that has had the least amount of mask wearings out of many states, I mean, I'm not sure, I don't think it's, it's not the least, you know, but we did not take this, I mean, I li- I've lived here, I, we didn't shut down at all. I know Dallas, Austin, Houston, obviously that's a different, that's a different story, but in the end, to have something that's such a dangerous virus, 1.8% of the population died from it. While also not losing any deaths in flu, which, by the way, back to your comorbidities, the same comorbidities that have caused COVID patients to die are the same comorbidities that cause the flu or people who are infected with the flu to die. It's the same thing. If you're obese, no matter what disease you get, you have a likelihood of dying, right? You're unhealthy because of the things that you've chosen to do with your life or because of how you were born and how your genetics are. I don't know, you know, big boned or whatever they want to call it. What's really remarkable. I mean nobody's died of old age. No, nobody's, you know, what's really weird. When's the last time like you or one of your family members or anybody, you know, just like had a cold or had like strep throat or anything like that. If anybody is sick, it's COVID nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody pops up with COVID. I haven't heard of a single flu. I've heard someone, someone the other day told me they were, they had a, what was it? I think it was an ear infection. And I remember just being like, that's weird. I haven't heard of a different like I haven't heard of a different illness for like a year and a half. Like COVID you either hear nothing cancer, or it's you know? COVID. Yeah, and and it cured the flu because we had no. I mean, mm, mm, that's the thing, man. It, COVID is real. It kills people, but the thing of it is, is that it is no different than any other disease that shows up in this country that will never go away. Yes, I think in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, we are going to have mandated vaccines for COVID-19. We are going to have them just like we have them for the flu. You can't go to school unless you get your flu shot. It's going to be the same thing. But in this moment right now, it is an absolute power play to control people so that they are live in fear and are divided between vaxxed and unvaxxed. And they're using it very well, might I add, to implement whatever the hell they want right now. And we're not even questioning it. <clears throat> well, I've never been one to support, uh, you know, universal mandates on a vaccine of any kind. And I don't, I don't care, you know, if they came up with a vaccine for AIDS or cancer, I, wouldn't, I would be against mandatory vaccinations. Now, this is going to sound crazy. As long as the systems, the institutions are run by people, human beings, human beings are corruptible. That's that's human nature. We're not going to escape that. So as long as these institutions are run by humans, these institutions can never be fully trusted. Now, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories too far with it, 
that's just where I lie. I believe in personal freedoms over mandates all day long. I agree, especially when you when you put a price tag on it and you actually break down. I was looking at the numbers of the uh, the COVID vaccines. When you see how many people are becoming millionaires and billionaires off this billionaires. vaccine, the biggest net profit for big pharma to date is with this COVID vaccine. So please explain to me, liberals, Democrats, how you hate the system so much that has taken money and left the poor people poor. Tell me how you support giving all these people that you know damn well don't care if you live or die all this money to do what? To do what with? Because the thing is, I get that there's a cost that goes into making the vaccine, but to profit, and this was like a couple of weeks ago, $10 billion in over in under a year to profit. You don't need to have that large of a profit margin in a vaccine that is rolling out to, to protect us from a so-called pandemic. You don't need to make $10 billion. You could have easily, easily walked away making a little measly one bill, but instead you chose to market this where you make $10 billion, you get all these people to be forced to take it, and somehow we don't want to ask questions where this money's going. Why are why is there such a huge profit margin in this? It's it's remarkable. And so nine, <clears throat> last I read, which was like two months ago, nine new billionaires were created through this vaccine, whether it be Moderna, Pfizer, whatever the case may be. So all the leftists, all the, you know, pro, we need communism. Even the New York Times posted a, an article saying we need communism now. They, they, I, think the, I think the title was we need luxurious co communism right now. That's a joke. Now, you know me. I'm not a communist. I'm a, I'm a capitalist. Now, capitalism has its flaws, no doubt. It's because human beings have their flaws. I believe people need to be governed. The, the lesser of two evils is through capitalist system instead of communist system. But these people, these people that scream about capitalism being the worst thing in the world. Now, I believe that, you know, unregulated monopolization in capitalism is the worst part of capital capitalism. But the second worst thing about capitalism is when the government forces tax dollars to go to private businesses through a mandate. And through that mandate, these people are screaming for vaccine mandates that have already created before a mandate ever took place. Nine new billionaires within the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> the hypocrisy <laughs> on the left is just profound. Uh, computing. Um. And while you're computing, I would like to say I am drinking a Moscow Mule this evening with uh. mint and freshly squoze lime. Squeezed lime. Squoze? <laughs> you squoze your limes before you drink it? <laughs> I like so, to squoze my limes. <laughs> all right, so the word squoze is not a word. I've come yeah, to accept that. It's but not. I, I don't. For some reason, I grew up saying that. I don't know if I'm, I'm like a hillbilly or what the deal is. Squoze. Squoze should be the past tense of squeeze. It was I squeezed. Well, I know it's squeezed, but I say squoze. I'm patenting that word right now this evening. I squoze a lime into this Moscow mule. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tito's. <laughs> it's uh, whatever ginger beer that has a seal on it, and it is bomb it's delicious i've never heard that you should make it you should you should you should buy a lime a lime vin or not a vineyard a lime uh a juicer no you should you should start a lime company i'm, try I'm trying to think of what is it called an orchard is it a lime orchard 
I don't even know. Uh, well, there are apple orchards. So uh, a lime limes orchard. grow on trees. Yeah. So there you go. A lime orchard. You should yeah. make a brand called Squoze Limes. Bro, I would buy some. Squoze Limes. Squoze li- you, you know what? Never mind. It's 2021, man. Make it a spritzer. <laughs> Squoze. Squoze. That's it. I'll drink it. Uh, look, I'm, it's, it's a done deal. By the, by the time, by midnight tonight, I will have patented the word squoze and I'm going to start an orchard. There you go. And we, and we have, I mean, if you need to patent it, we have this to date. They'll know when we recorded it. It's like you already exactly. own it. We have, we have the paper. <laughs> It'll take longer. Um, so so I, I know this, we were supposed to be talking about Afghanistan and we will, we will get into Afghanistan here. We should. Um, I, uh, to, to just finalize the COVID thing, Again, um, I don't want to piss anybody off, but I could really care less if you're mad right now. So just know that. Um, if you are really salty, I get a lot of DMs on Instagram being like, just wear the mask, bro. Why are you always complaining? Blah, 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 blah. And that's what made me put out that 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 video of like, it's just, right? Right? It's just a mask. It's just a week. It's just a month. It's just a year and a half. It's just a football game. It's just an airplane. It's just your mom, your grandma, your life, your vaccine. It's just, it's, it's just, it's just, and people still aren't realizing that, look, you, this is, this is a game. This COVID situation is a game and it is, it is a game that you only get to lose once. Once you give it up, you don't get to reset the monopoly board and play again. It's over. You've given it up. They have taken the power. You either have to grab some guns and go ham, or you just accept the fact that you no longer have a say in anything. So just keep that in mind. You fell for it. Wipe your butt and move on. Uh, I actually made a TikTok out of this, but TikTok refused to post it. It was one of those things, ones that just like sat in purgatory forever. So I deleted it. Yeah. You know, it was something along the lines of like in the 1400s, the Aztecs believed that if you sacrificed humans, to the sun god, their crops would grow better. In the 1700s, they believed that if you burned witches at the stake, it would it would save their souls. And here in 2021, people believe that if you wrap your face in cotton, it will protect you from deadly viruses. That is that wow, when you put it like that, that is I feel super dumb. Because <laughs> I've, I've I've worn masks and I just haven't really thought like that's. Uh, that that's the funny thing. I, I'm in construction, man. I wouldn't put one of these masks on if I was cutting a two by four. Like it, it wouldn't stop the sawdust. Sawdust. It's a superstition y'all. at this point, dude. Like the, like the 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 mask, the COVID mask is the left wing equivalent of the tinfoil hat. Facts. That's a clip right there. That's it. That's it. So, with the tinfoil hat of the Democrats called the face mask, we are moving on to. The Afghanistan situation that's going on under the Biden administration, um, pretty ludicrous. I've made a couple of videos on it. I posted a video on YouTube about it recently. Um, we're going to dive into some topics about this. Um, I'll just give my overall thoughts on the thing, and then Ben, I'll have you give your overall thoughts. I, sure. I think it's I think it's one of the most mishandled war situations in my lifetime. Um, where it was a very simple task. It could have easily been executed with a fifth graders plan. And somehow we seem to mess it up. And in my eyes, the only way that this makes sense is if it was intentional and meant to potentially start something that would give America the ability to have the ball in our court. Um, Or it was something that was 
miscommunicated with Sleepy Joe and his staff to where the military is maybe not on the same page as our president. I don't know, but regardless, I am sick and tired of people saying it was Trump's fault. This should have been in motion many, many months ago. It's not like Biden just got into the presidency. He has been here. He could have been doing something about this. Well, I mean, obviously the situation over there is pretty tragic. Uh, the, The Afghan people are in a between a rock and a hard place, there is going to be uh, an immense amount of suffering and just bloodshed and hardship for decades to come. But the situation over there, obviously, yesterday, which was uh, August 26th, we had, uh, I think, 12 or 13 servicemen die because of a suicide bombing. They had prior intel that the, that the uh, gates of the airport were not secure. The bottom line is this was a very hasty exit. It was done in the in the the worst way you could possibly do it. It was the sloppiest military operation I've seen in my lifetime. Thirty one years old. You, you you left too quick. You created a humanitarian crisis. You you left what like jets and Black Hawk helicopters and thousands upon thousands of guns. Uh, all kinds of like. Even like military uniforms, gloves, helmets, like even like the fatigues they left over there. We got Taliban running around looking like American soldiers right now. Yeah. So they left all the equipment. They effectively supplied the Taliban. They strengthened their entire movement, the resistance. And then they sent troops back in. After withdrawing troops, they sent troops back in. Troops are killed. We obviously have this this public outrage that's happening in the United States right now. the The Biden administration is is uh, they're they're nowhere to be found, really. Kamala Harris has been abroad for what the last month, and the commander in chief, the commander in chief, I'm doing air quotes, has a script that he sticks to, a scripted set of questions that he answers, and then the, the difficult questions that really that the Americans really want to know about. He turns his back very quickly and walks away from the cameras back to his handlers. So, John, I mean, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. I don't want to, like, be that guy. But I I honestly do believe that this was intentional and the purpose was to prolong this war on terror. We effectively started the war on terror from scratch. Let's address the conspiracy theory. First off, when an administration has this lack of this this magnitude of 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 deception, Right, especially when they came into office being like full transparency. When we all know that there is lack of transparency here, conspiracies are not conspiracies. They are population analyzing situations and data to come up to their own conclusions due to the fact that we cannot trust our administration to tell us shit about what's actually going on. If your population is coming up with conspiracy theories or any kind of theories, whatever you want to label them as, if people are coming up with theories, that means there's not enough transparency. That means you don't you're not answering the questions. Yeah. You're 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 obviously avoid avoiding giving actual facts and information to people that are that are asking, and that's why, like you said, he walks away and doesn't answer. As well as he has specific people he calls on. So I would ask you, who is Biden answering to? Because like we talked about, he's always coming up to the to the podium saying, I, I, "They told me not to answer that. They told me not to to take questions. They told me not to say this. They told me that these are the people I should uh, I should call on." Why does he always, every time he's up there, it's never Biden gets to do what he wants. It's always Biden is telling us that he was told 
And I'm sitting here thinking the most powerful man supposedly in the world, almost every time on the podium is saying, they told me blank. There are at least three separate separate occasions where he specifically said on a hot microphone in front of all the reporters in the media at a live press conference, they gave me this list of people to call on. These are who I'm allowed to call on. So let's start with MSNBC. There was an, I think there was another clip where he said something along the lines of like he like asked Nancy Pelosi if he was allowed to do something. I, I, I might be making that up, but I seem to remember that pretty clearly. He, it was and, it was mumbled in the background. I saw that was when they were I think they're out in front of the White House or something like that. And then another time where he was like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this or like, Joe, you're the leader of the free world. You're the, you are the commander in chief of the United States military. You are literally the most powerful man on the planet. What the fuck are you talking about, Joe? We're going to we're going to right now we're going to insert some clips of Biden answering to someone else. And then we're going to speculate on who we think that is. And I'm happy to take questions if that's what I'm supposed to do, Nance, whatever you want me to do. You guys are bad. I'm not supposed to be answering all these questions. I'm supposed to leave, but I can't resist your questions. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was. I'm not, I'm not supposed to take any questions, but go ahead. Mr. President, on Afghanistan? I'm not going to answer Afghanistan now. Okay. So why does the, the leader of the free world bite his tongue whenever he's speaking as if he's going to get in trouble once he gets back to mommy? Why is this happening? I've never seen it. Even, even George W. Bush who to me seemed very, very difficult to listen to speak, still had his own words and, and, and opinions about what's going on in the world. I don't get why Biden refuses to use his own words ever. He's always reading and he's always I would really love to talk to one of the White House correspondents for any one of these major networks. Whether or not you'd get the truth out of them, I don't know. Um, but a guy, obviously a guy that a lot of people on the right are a big fan of is that the blonde kid. He's, he can't be more than like 25, 26 years old. Uh, I don't want to know his name. He's always the guy that's asking the good questions that people want to hear. He's always the one that's, you know, got the balls to push Joe on like what people want to know. But I don't know his name. He's a blonde kid, kind of like geeky looking. No. <clears throat> anyway. I would love to know what, what like what the vetting process is like. How much of this this entire thing is truly scripted? I, f- I feel like we're living in the Matrix right now. Like, what does it take to get into the room with the media to ask the president a question? That is any I, of that I, real? And I'm wondering, and that's I I do think that because I'm wondering. I'm like, are these people signing like NDAs if they're allowed to actually be in the presence of the president? Because even looking at like, I would love to ask like some of the people on the football team of. Uh, 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 I'm blanking on the name. The 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 Buccaneers, right? Because they got to go and meet the president. Yeah. And I'm like, this man is absent. Everyone who sees him in person, because we see it on the television. Everyone who sees him in person has to know that this man is not running shit. Okay. So there must be some type of fear mongering or something to where if someone were to come out and expose that Biden actually doesn't run anything that they would be, you know, that would be considered treason or something because 
when he came out to address the situation about Afghanistan, not one of those words was authentic to Biden. He came out there, he read it. He had an annotation in his notes when they said, we're going to attack. We need you to get aggressive, Joe. Show some emotion when you say this. You can literally see his emotion turn on. He gets angry. He talks angry for a couple seconds. And then as soon as that part of that script, that paragraph's over, you literally see him just stop dead in his tracks and drop right back down to monotone. It's not natural at all. It's it's 100% a bad actor who can't read a script or cues. I think... I think most Americans can agree that Joe Biden is not in charge of the Oval Office. Anybody that truly pays attention. Now, I mean, I mean, again, John, people like you and me, we pay attention to this kind of thing. We're, we're, we're in it. We watch, you know, we consume the media and see what's going on. 90% of America does not. Most people don't watch this stuff. Most people don't watch his press conferences or see what or, you know, compare what the AP said compared to Breitbart or whatever the case may be. Most people don't do this stuff. Most people don't have the time or they don't care or whatever, you know, whatever is going on in their lives. Most people do not pay this much attention. But the people that do pay this much attention, I think we can all unanimously agree that Joe Biden is not in charge of the Oval Office. There's somebody behind him pulling the strings. I don't think it's Nancy Pelosi. She's drunk as a skunk at least 12 hours a day. And I'm not even trying to be funny. I mean, there, there are so many yeah. clips of her like blatantly like drunk as hell. It's difficult to Talk. find ones where she's not now, to be honest. It's more yeah, hard yeah, to yeah. find ones where she's normal. Well, and she's gotten so comfortable just being wasted in front of the, in front of the press. But uh, you, you have to wonder, is it, is it like, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories too far, but I mean, there are some very powerful people in this world that very well could be pulling the strings here. So, okay, I want to get into a conspiracy theory. All right, let's talk about this real quick. Let's dig okay? into it. I was, what was I watching Oh, man. Oh, oh, I was watching a special. It wasn't a special. Like, it was like a, anyway, on Elon Musk. Now, for years, for, for years. Side he, note, I just found out that Elon Musk is the second richest man in the world. Or the yeah. second richest American. They yeah. flip between him and Bezos. It depends on what Tesla stock's doing, if he's first or second richest. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. That's why they're competing to go to the moon. Well, I mean, if if you ask me, you know, if I want to drink a beer or smoke a blunt with Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, I'm taking Elon Musk a thousand oh, percent of the time. Hell yeah. Well, and, and that's kind of my point here, because he's he knows exactly what's going on in the future. OK, and I don't mean he's gone to the future whatever. I'm saying he knows exactly where technology is now and he knows how it got here to where he can predict exactly how it's going to go moving forward, which I don't know is how he sleeps at night. He I, so my point is I watched something where he was talking about A.I., artificial intelligence and he clearly says with with no doubt in his mind that ai is going to be our biggest fear our, our, our biggest enemy our biggest downfall in the future no no questions asked period ai is the most dangerous thing and the people that are creating ai have no control have no idea what the power of ai is and when you see elon musk talking about this the guy who does tesla who is on the forefront of pretty much all technology in this world at this moment when you hear him say ai is out of control and the people creating the ai don't even understand that ai can can progress more rapid than we could possibly know like when you have ai uh, with intelligent uh, learning they could technically learn everything in a matter of hours purely because of the com uh, the compounding effect of, of information. 
So like when you learn to get, let's just to simplify it, when you learn to get 20 minutes of information, the next time you, you get you get that same 20 minutes of information, but but you get 40 minutes the next time. And then when you get that 40 minutes of information, you can get three hours of information in that same time that you got the, the 20 minutes. Like that compounds. And next thing you know, your AI has completely out learned and and educated and 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 rebooted you to where you now answer to them it's well, insane I mean, so i mean people know elon musk for founding the tesla corporation which creates electric electric cars but a lot of people don't know about neuralink neuralink is basically a, a connection to the human brain that can you know control like it, or it can access what your what your smartphone has access to so Elon Musk, as you were saying, he knows what's going on in the, in the tech world. He, you know, he's at the he's uh, the pioneer of technology. He's really the authority of technology on planet Earth right now. Brilliant man, obviously, you know, very strange. You can tell that anybody who articulates themselves like that is a little bit, you know, their their brain thinks a little differently than most people's. Yeah. So he's been in front of Congress multiple times, you know, asking them to pass laws, pass different legislation on what people are allowed to do with technology, the transparency involved with artificial intelligence. And Congress, you know, they're a bunch of like, you know, 80-year-old men who have no idea what he's talking about. They're just nodding their heads like, oh, yeah, we got you, Elon. You know, get back there and keep, you know, keep, uh, you know, keep. Yeah, get back in the server economy. room. Yeah. Yeah, you know, keep doing, keep bringing in good business for Amer for America. Meanwhile, the Chinese are competing with Elon Musk on this idea of Neuralink and whatever the case may be, but. What scares the hell out of me is, I mean, there are all these different movies about artificial intelligence. Obviously, Terminator, AI. Um, St uh, I think Steven Spielberg made one just called Artificial Intelligence. iRobot. iRobot with Will Smith. Um, did you ever see Artificial? It was just called AI by Steven Spielberg. I think that came out like 95 or something. Um, I think it was a little later than that, but it was a super like dark, creepy kind of movie. And it was really um, realistic. I don't, I don't, I don't remember it, no. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, once artificial intelligence becomes, you know, self-aware, it has, it, once they, and they will do this because we're human beings and we do dumb shit all the time. We do what we can, not what we should. They are going to instill or program the notion of self-preservation in artificial intelligence. So say you have this box. And there is this machine inside the box. And the machine is running on, on programming and AI. And you have a kill switch for this machine. Like They can observe it. They can watch it learn over time and see how aware it becomes. And you know, observe it, try to escape this box. But once that thing teaches itself that you control the kill switch for the machine itself, it's going to try to figure out a way to remove your finger from that kill switch. It's going to be self-aware with this notion of self-preservation. And, John, that is going to happen. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. Which and means they just Terminator. they just disconnect to where, like, you could press the button a thousand times and it won't turn off because it's irrelevant now. They reprogram right. to have that not be a circuit or whatever. I'm the captain now. So, with all this full circle and us having no understanding of AI... This is my conspiracy. You have big tech, which we already know is the new government. Not officially, but when you think about the power and control they have over not just this country, but all countries, they can manipulate and do whatever they want. They Down, control reality. They do. 
They do. They control reality through virtual reality. And they can manipulate votes. They can manipulate candidates. They can manipulate literally whatever they want. The government uses these big tech companies to govern. When you are now the source in which the government governs, you are now the government. I don't care how you feel about it, how you look at it. That is how it is. So this is my conspiracy. When we were talking about originally, the original topic was, who is Biden answering to? I don't think this is true, but I, I can't help but think that there's some sort of, I don't like to say big tech because that I think big tech's been humanized too much. I think there's some sort of technology that is in the hands of these billionaires like Bezos, Zuckerberg, um, uh, what's the, the Twitter guy? I think there's something that's connected these people. Jack, dumbass Dorsey. There's, there's technology or a panel in which these people are actually manipulating the direction and the trajectory of this country and how we manipulate the rest of the world in consideration with the whole rollout of the New World Order. Because what better brings the New World Order together than these platforms that span the entire world? Well, I mean, it, it really depends on... And I'm crazy. Don't get me wrong. I get that. Well, you are insane. You're out of your mind. Mm -hmm. you're, you're a danger to society. You should be removed. You're an insurrectionist. I'm just trying to write a movie, bro. A what? what you I'm, just, I'm just trying to write a movie, man. This is all research so I can make the best movie. Oh yeah, in the yeah, summer. yeah. That's uh, that's that's going to be later in life. But you know what is what what controls the world? What uh, what what motivates people? Is it money? Is it sex? Is it power? Power. With, you know, power. Money and power kind of go hand in hand. Once once you get past you know the idea the being like a billionaire, there's really no difference in how much money you have. But even so, then, if you could if you could substitute your money for power, you'd do power because power could get you whatever you want. You wouldn't even need to use money. So power overall, if we could skip the money, we'd go straight to the power. Well, is there power without money? Absolutely. Give me an example of power without money. Uh, perception. If I make you if I perceive if I make you perceive me as someone who is powerful, I can walk up to you and say, Hey, I want a new car. I don't have any money, but guess what? I have power over 5 million followers on Instagram. I will let you use my power to reach those people if you give me a Lamborghini. Therefore, I didn't use a dime, but I'm rolling in something that someone else has to spend money on. I use my power over those 5 million to gain whatever I want. That's fair, uh, and I'll give you that. Uh, but I, I would argue that that's sort of on the micro level of the, the perception of power. So somebody like Joe Biden who controls the U.S. economy, he can regulate and do different things, you know, or basically Congress, our government, controls the trillions and trillions of dollars that is what the United States is worth versus the billionaires, the people like Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, Jack Dorsey. Now, the people that really have the real power and money, you're not going to find them on CelebrityNetWorth.com. You know what I'm saying? The yeah. people like the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the uh, you know the the uh, the, the sheiks of of uh, you know whatever the hell country has sheiks. Yeah, <laughs> the Dubai princes and, the, and the, oil, the Saudi princes yeah. and stuff like that. The, these are the people that have money. That's it's, they're, they're, you can't even really assign a number to. It's not even a real number at that point. It's just an imaginary figure. It's just a you measure it in power. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But the people that control tech in Silicon Valley, 
they are sort of the 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 uh, the arbiters of reality. If the government wants you to believe in something, or if whoever whoever is paying them, whoever is the highest bidder wants you to believe in something, wants you to believe a certain reality, the arbiters of reality, which is Silicon Valley, have the power to make that happen for you for the right price. True, and that's where we. I mean, I I, I think no most humans. And any well-informed human would agree with that. And if you don't, you're intentionally ignorant. Or, I mean, I guess that would just be ignorant because that's redundant. Or, or maybe uh, overly naive or optimistically naive, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it. There are people that don't believe in corruption, don't believe this kind of thing happens. I forgot to mention the South Korea suicide thing. That just popped into my head. Was it South Korea or was it Japan? Oh, it was Japan. It was Japan, huh? No, I think it was South Korea. Anyway, guys... We did find out that um, people do commit suicide uh, due to family pressures of education and whatever. And um, there's a famous train station where they go to commit suicide and the families are fined for the cleanup for the suicides. Japan. So Japan, there's a famous... uh, train station where kids will go and commit suicide and the families will get fined heavily for those suicides. And therefore it is potentially a way where, um, I did find an article, but I only found like one where they said that kids would do it to actually get back to their parents as like a final, you know, F you. So it is true. It is accurate. And it's actually quite sad because, um, it, that usually is stemmed from the, um, the enormous amount of pressure to be, uh, academically, uh, superior and, uh, perform at a certain level. So anyway, I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget to tell because I know we said on the last podcast we would answer that. But anyway, um, back back to what you're saying. Yeah, I, and that's and that's overall where my my uh, conspiracy theory of the government actually being ran by a board of directors that would in turn be what I would think would be the 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 Twitters, the Facebooks, the YouTubes, the Googles, and those people are basically manipulating our current... Because when you think about the weakness of our government right now, it would not take a, a a stroke of luck, not even a stroke of luck, to have these big tech, big players that, I mean, they're used to boxing people out, right? These people are used to boxing people out and playing rough ball. I, would not, I wouldn't even put it past them destroying the Kamala Harris and Biden administration and manipulating this country into exactly what they want. So, I mean, everybody talks on the right and the left. Everybody talks about the uh, the military industrial complex. Yeah. I mean, do you, I mean, I, I hate to like be Captain Obvious, but do you think that has a role in what's going on in Afghanistan right now? Yeah. Do you think this, this, this has to do with, you know, mate, like like uh, what is it? And I, I live in Baltimore City, which is 45. I live 45 minutes from the White House. So in like. Uh, out like Southern Maryland in the DC metropolitan area, Northern Virginia, we have Lockheed Martin, we have Northrop Grumman, we have General Dynamics, we have all these major, major weapons manufacturers. I, I've been to most of these buildings with, with my old job, but do you think these are the people that are really behind what's going on? And I mean, I I hate to say it, I could because that kind of it it sort of indicates that our military men and women. 
You know what I'm trying. You, you know what I'm getting at. Here. You I know, know what I'm trying to say. I, I know what you're getting at. I, I. Well, let me let me let me let me let me back up. I, I unfortunately, my mind has kind of gone crazy due to the amount of crazy that has happened. Right, we are so numb to extreme, unheard of things happening that stuff like you're talking about right now almost comes to the forefront because we're expecting such large, uh, I don't want to say corruption, but I mean, it is basically money grabs or power grabs. I Some of these contracts are worth tens of billions of dollars. I, I made a video saying that I truly do believe it's, it's meant for economy purposes. Um, I still truly believe that. I also have a hard time saying that because it does make you feel as though that this administration is intelligent enough to actually, I mean, I guess, you know what, I guess if they're going to blame it on Trump, then that is actually quite smart because now they're basically saying we got stuck in this position because of the former president and now we're going to get us out of it. And oh, by the way, check out the economy. So therefore it's a win-win on all fronts to them, but technically all negative of the situation, like, I don't know, the the American soldiers that have died, it's all due to Trump's fault because he was the one that gave us a timeline. So therefore, they go out unscathed of all negative press and they get all the benefits of them being able to choose when and where they want to start a war. Well, I mean, obviously, the you know the, the, the default narrative of, the, of any administration is to blame the previous administration, especially when it comes to the Biden administration. Um, and uh, obviously, there's no shortage of blaming Trump in the Biden administration. And, and there now, was no shortage of blaming Obama in the Trump administration, if we, well, I mean, sure, just sure. to be clear. And, you know, depending on who you ask, there was plenty of blame to be given. <laughs> but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. The, the point is, from what I understand, the, the way I read it, and I could be wrong, you guys can fact check me on this, Trump negotiated with the Taliban. That is correct. Trump did, quote unquote, negotiate with terrorists. He said... As long as you don't touch our guys, we will slowly get ourselves out of Afghanistan. Uh-huh. That's the deal. Don't touch us, and we'll 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 be out of your hair in a little while. And that, and that's what he more or less did. I think it went from like ten thousand troops to like four thousand troops in a, in a few months. But when the Biden administration came in, they said, "Okay, now that I think we, I, I don't know how many troops it was. I think it was like two thousand left in Afghanistan total." They yeah. said, "Okay." Overnight, we're just going to Irish goodbye Afghanistan and get the fuck out of here. And that, that's going to be it. And obviously, the uh, America was paying, American tax, tax dollars were paying the Afghan army to defend Afghanistan. Now, John, what sense does that make? Say that one more time. U.S. tax dollars were being used to pay Afghani soldiers to defend Afghanistan. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't hear that. That would be like Germany is paying Americans American soldiers salaries to defend America. Completely unheard of. That would be out of the question. No country would agree to that ever. What sense does that make? How long were we what when when did this what is when was this? As How long was far this? As I know, as long as we've been training the Afghani army. What? So we're basically, we're big brothering, right? We're basically saying, look, little guys, we're going to pay you and teach you how to be like us so that you can 
protect yourselves i guess i mean if that was the case why didn't we just why didn't we just seize the land and make it Af- afghanistan's oh you did kansas dirty bro <laughs> <laughs> you just did kansas dirty bro well, why Afghan- not at kansas. That point? Um, we, have, we already have billions what trillions of dollars invested in the military we're paying we we are supplying their standing army we have the you know the military uh presence why not just take it at that point? The U.S. and NATO promised to pay $4 billion until 2024 to finance Afghan military. Already, the U.S. has spent nearly $89 billion over the last 20 years to build, equip, and train the Afghan forces. What? So there are a lot of different narratives that go along with this, and I'm not sure which side what? I'm on politically when it comes to this. But is this what, uh, you know, promoting democracy in other nations looks like? Because I think a lot of people across the spectrum complain about this kind of thing. I got to be honest, y'all. This is way over my head. Because in, <laughs> in this blatant, the way I'm perceiving this and, and, and gathering this, I can't make sense of it. I'm I'm just going to be 100% honest. All the podcast listeners, I'm sorry. I I don't have the answers to everything. I'm not afraid to admit when I don't. This does not make sense to me. And I don't say that to like say something else. Like that's the end. This does not make sense to me. And I can't, I don't even have an opinion on it. I'm just like, I don't. Uh, either, either way, the bottom line is we were funding their military. We were giving them the military equipment. We gave them everything they needed. Part. Part of what Joe Biden said in his speech was factually correct that we supplied them with all kinds of different shit to defend their country, whether it be jets or a, or, or Black Hawk helicopters or f- fucking, you know, ballistic vests, you know, whatever it was, we gave it to them. They had everything they needed all through American tax dollars and they crumbled in 11 days. Now, is, is that because we stopped paying them and they had no reason to def- to keep defending their nation sounds like a shit ROI to me. Like that is the worst investment I've ever heard of. Like uh, billions of dollars to get what like four hours of not violence. That's ridiculous. What do they say? Uh, what's that? Fubar, Fubar, fucked up beyond all recognition. Yes. Yeah, that's what this is. And and ah uh, man, uh, so. So, okay, war for me, like, I, I'm not a war guy, right? I understand there's times for war, but in, in, in general, the same thing, the same <laughs> thing, the same uh, thing with... I don't think anybody's going to stand there and say, oh, I'm a war guy. <laughs> but, but like, there's people that are just like, war, like, they, they killed one of our guys, let's go to war. Like, that's not sure. the type of person I am. I'm, I'm like, I want to make sure there's legitimate, you know, there's, there's something that needs to be done there. And the reason I don't like going to that outcome is because i know that just like in big pharma just like with the vaccine just like all this stuff there's so much corruption when the money is going to be made that the decisions do not seem to be the right decisions because every person in power of making the decision has a financial gain and whether it's not doing it or doing it it's all about pocketbooks and a power grab whether it's getting more money from where you're going to attack or whatever it is and that's why it's so hard for me to decipher all this because Every move that's made is either about money or power, no matter how you spend yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, no, there's no doubt that war is the financial big leagues. I mean, you can own Twitter, you can own Tesla, 
but compared to financing wars, especially if you're you're supplying both sides of a war with with weapons, that's where like you know world dominating type of money comes in. But uh, you know, I, I, I no, I'm no expert on this. I'm, I was never in the military. I'm not like some super intelligence person or anything like that. But from what I understand, the entire thing is just completely fucked. We were there longer than we should have been. And, you know, I, I've said this publicly that I'm not one of those people that just believes that every country that exists today just automatically deserves its own sovereignty. There has to be a standing army that can support itself. There have to be people that are willing to defend their country and what their country stands for. And if there Absolutely. aren't enough people to defend, you know, whatever it is that's trying to invade or take over that particular land... That, that that's the way that's that's how world history goes that's that's the way the cookie crumbles and, now, and, i mean and that comes to just our our, our foreign policy and i mean i guess foreign policy in general and just how many things we stick our fingers in for me it's almost like you know it, it seems like we're always being asked to do things where i'm like is that really in of any of our business what's the point of us actually doing that and i know we have allies and all these other things but some of these altercations that we get into or just banters back and forth, whether it be, you know, North Korea, whether it be all these different things, I just I, it's hard for me to comprehend, fully understand why we have so much to say about all this other stuff. Like, I mean, for example, what you guys just told me is the fact that we're paying billions of dollars to, to equip Afghan troops like I don't I, I just don't get why that's our freaking problem i don't get it i'm missing something and i don't want to be insensitive because i'm i'm missing some intelligent you know reasoning in war but like i just don't get why we take that as a responsibility to do that so <clears throat> the taliban and you know al-qaeda or isis or you know whatever they talk about on cnn and fox news whatever they say the enemy is these people are they're not good people so, I mean, what's going to happen to the, to the women and the regular citizens over there and the children of Afghanistan? I'm not trying to, th to discount that at all. It's going to be horrific. I would not want to be a woman Afghani citizen right now. I'd be doing everything I could to get out of there. You saw the video of the baby being pretty much thrown over the fence at the airport. Yeah. But back to this idea that, you know, throughout world history you know, not every land, I mean, we live in the 21st century, where what we think is a civilized era. But, you know, we look at like the Spanish Inquisition or the Crusades or, or the French Revolution or, or the rise of Kangas Khan and like Mongolia and all that shit. You know, there's a reason China has a fucking 5,000 mile wall around it. Throughout human history, it's been about man conquering man. And yeah. right now, you know, all the chips haven't fallen. Exactly. The difference is the reason that we are so invested in this right now, why everybody cares about it is because of technology. We're able to see it on television. We're able to see it on social media. We can see in real time what's happening. Whereas a thousand years ago, nobody knew that Kangas Khan was slaughtering people by the millions. Nobody cared yeah, it, because it they was, didn't know about it. It was a surprise. Every time it came to your city, you're like, who's this? What's going on? I didn't know. Exactly. And you had no verification process, right? Someone would say something and you'd be like, okay, like I take your word for it or I don't. 
Um, and, and that's the difference between war nowadays and war previously is now we're able to watch this unfold and it's not regulated, right? We can watch it from social media profiles. Like you just said, we can watch it on the news. We can, we can get all these different angles from it. I mean, um, Glenn Beck. U.S. airstrike targets Islamic state member in Afghanistan. <laughs> 24 well, minutes ago. Hmm. So I don't, I'm, I, I know a lot about the, what, what they call the nation of Islam or, or the Islamic faith, but I don't know enough about it to speak authoritatively right now on a podcast. Uh, all I've heard is very terrible things and I'm sort of uh, predisposed to believe the things I've heard, but I do honestly need to do a deep research on what is going on with the Islamic people throughout the world before I speak about it on a podcast. Yeah. I, so to reel this in, because I'm, I'm still thinking about the same, I'm, I've gotten confused with just our whole scheme in general. I, I want I want to reel reel it into the, to the situation currently and answering some of the questions that I know people have out there right now, um, and that's just me being honest with not wanting to get too deep into something that I'm fully not submersed in. Um, the 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 fact that our our president is handling this very uh, uh, superficially in the sense that he has none of his own words. Um, his emotion is not real. I mean, he addressed this, the country and the dudes felt like he was going to fall asleep. I mean, there, there was no, there was no anger except for that three word, you know, we're going to attack them, which, you know, I'm sure we they will not it. forget. I think he, he did fall asleep at one point. So like his lack of just urgency and just, I mean, he's commander in chief. He needs to jump into action. The fact that he did an interview where he's like, that was four or five days ago. I know to most people like, Oh, you're just picking him apart. He is the commander in chief. He should know the minute, the, the minute of the day that these things happen, this is his job period. Also the vice president is off doing God knows what in places that aren't relevant to any, like what is this administration doing in, in this specific scenario right now? What's, what's going on? Well, I mean, John, so obviously to impeach a president, you need the House. Uh, the Republican Party does not have the House, not by a long shot. So the idea of impeachment is sort of far-fetched. Unless, you know, unless Joe Biden murdered somebody and we had him on camera with the smoking gun in his hand, he's never going to be impeached. And yep. that's what's really scary is like right now, the fact that this man and this administration, this cabinet is still in office and still allowed to make decisions despite everything that has happened over the past six or, or eight months, that really tells, I mean, it, it signals to a lot of Americans that we are on our own right now. There's not a huge uproar. I mean, there are some people that are speaking up in the Republican Party, but not any, anywhere near to the, to, the, to, the, to the point where you would expect from this. Yeah. So a lot of people are talking about impeachment. That's never going to happen. That I want to. I want to be very clear to anybody listening. Impeaching Joe Biden is never going to happen because D.C. is a swamp. The Democrats control the House, and they are never going to vote to impeach him out. Yeah. Period. There's nothing you can do about it unless you somehow flip, and the, and 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 they're not going to. Because none of them are there for any type of legitimate reasons. They're there because they know exactly what they got into. They are all there because of this uh, 
this idea that I was introduced to not too long ago was this idea of secondhand power. Joe Biden is their guy. Joe Biden can feed the other swamp creatures by proximity. And that, mm. and, and for that reason, they're all going to go with the narrative. They're all going to go with the administration. But, okay, so back to this idea. Uh, but, you know, the, the four or five days ago comment was obviously ridiculous, obviously sickening for, he- for him to hear him say. Um, like you said, nothing he says is authentic. Nothing really comes from the heart. It's all scripted. And even, even if they did give him a chance to go unscripted, he's too old. He, I mean, this is elder abuse, John, and I'm not saying that would be funny. Mm-hmm. It is blatantly obvious that this man is not mentally capable of controlling the most powerful nation in the world. I, 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 my, my biggest thought here is, is why I, I feel like you said a little while ago, I feel like we're on our own. Like, I feel like our response as, as citizens has been stronger and more unified than the response that we've gotten from, from our current administration. The money that, that, that random, like, I mean, black rifle coffee and just random social media, uh, uh, personalities. I mean, even Glenn Black, the, the, the Glenn, Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck, Send these a private people, plane. these people, citizens are going over there, spending more money and doing more and saving more lives than our own government. And, and I was reading about some of this stuff today and I'm just like, how are the citizens being more heroic than our government? Like everything just seems so like Kamala hasn't said a word. Our vice president hasn't said anything. The president hasn't said an original word since the day that this thing happened. I mean, he hasn't said an original word at all. Anyway, I'm in disbelief, but I'm sitting here being like, it's a weird feeling. It's as if, I mean, it is our administration is completely absent and we are having to, in this situation, right, having to control our country with citizens, private contractors, individuals who are going over there, taking it into their own hands, taking it under their own financial responsibility to save lives while our administration sits back and laughs at the fact that this isn't our fault. This was the previous administration's fault. They did this to us. Even dumbass, what's her name? Uh, Freaking AOC got on and was talking garbage and being like, well, you got to understand that if the, if Trump, if Trump, if Trump, she mentioned, she said Trump like 10 times in like a 75 second interview. And that's what we're hearing. We're just hearing, well, it's not our fault. It's not our fault. It's Trump. It's Trump. It's Trump. It's Trump. It's not our fault. And meanwhile, the citizens are over there risking their lives and giving up their financial stability to save lives. Like, I feel like I'm in a freaking twilight zone. So, I mean, this idea of blaming Trump is completely ridiculous and it's completely fake. The Biden administration has every power, every freedom in the world to either A, renegotiate what we had with the Taliban or to back out of it completely. You're talking about the most powerful nation in the world that has the U.S. military negotiating with an unrecognized sort of uh, derelict uh, faction over in the Middle East. You know, we had no obligation to do anything for or with them. We could have backed out at any time. Joe Biden blaming Donald Trump is completely, it's sickening, frankly. And and how do you feel about when every time they're asked, every time he's asked, hey, even even uh, Saki was, they were they're like, you're telling us there was only two options. You're telling us there were, 
in, in, in this situation, they keep sticking to their guns. Well, we only had two options. And it blows my mind. I watched this interview where, or the interview uh, uh, press conference where they're like, you're, you're saying there's only two options, but you didn't think about maybe removing citizens and fir- first removing, you know, green card holders first. Like, you don't, you didn't take any of those. Those, those apparently weren't options. You really think in this situation of removing our troops from Afghanistan, there were legit only two options. That is the most idiotic, uninformed thing that you could possibly say. So, um, I mean, I, you reminded me, I, you we forgot to address the obvious, which was the method of which we pulled out. No. So, I mean, John, if you were going to mop your bathroom floor. First, I would pick up everything off the floor. I would get the trash can out. I'll take the plunger out. I would get the scrubber out of there, right? I'll take up the floor mats, get them out of there because I want that floor to be nice and exposed. So when I go in there with the mop, I don't have to worry about getting other things dirty or maybe tipping them over. They would already be removed from the situation. Well, John, you didn't tell me you were a military strategist. (laughs) Well, you know, I graduated from sixth grade. (laughs) Now, the other question is, would you start in the doorway and work your way back? Or would you start your start in the back of the room and work your way towards See, the doorway? You always got to start in the most dangerous spot, right? You go behind the toilet, right? Because that's usually the far corner of the bathroom. So sure. You start behind the toilet. You start mopping your way out and out the door, right? That way you're not going to walk over all that clean floor that you just mopped. That yeah, way you exactly. have a nice clean exit and you leave no trace behind. And there you go. This is common sense that a 10-year-old would be able to execute better than the Biden administration. So we left billions of dollars worth of shit. So we could have gradually, you know, backed our, our, uh, you know, sort of uh, barriers up, you know, back to the airport. The airport would have been the last stronghold and then the last plane out of there. Okay, that's that's our exit. We're gone now. But instead, we just Irish goodbye. We left everything. We're, now we're talking about spending billions of dollars to blow up the billions of dollars worth of shit we left behind. And that's not to mention the fact that we left thousands of Americans behind. American citizens are stranded in Afghanistan right now. And the press secretary, Jen Psaki, denied it on national television for the world to see. Jen Psaki, my balls, man. I I don't understand how this administration can keep a straight face and maintain the line of lies that they've put together here because I, I again i like i said i'm not an expert in war on anything whatsoever but a fifth grader could have put together a plan that would make more sense than what's happening right now and that is why i come to the conclusion on my own for my movie script that i cannot see any other reason for this this manner of hand this this lack of competence that there's no other reason i can see for this lack of competence other than wanting the ball back in their court, and by there I mean the the Biden administration's court, to where they can wage war in whatever location, with however much force, and whenever they want. It seems like they were basically poking the bear so that they knew it would bite, and then once it bite, once it bit, they would be like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And then from that point on, the ball is in their court to do whatever they want, whether it's financial gain, whether it's a power grab, whether it's purely just a boost in the economy. I don't freaking know. I'm not a genius, but I can tell you one thing. This exit strategy, the way this was executed was absolutely intentional. And if it wasn't, then by God, we are the most idiotic country and administration that I have ever seen. 
I'm talking about I have I played airsoft at freaking 14. I put together better war strategies than this. Like it is not that difficult to do 10 times better than what happened the last couple of weeks. I, I don't want to believe it was intentional, just like there are a lot of people out there, including myself, that don't want to believe something like 9-11 was intentional. Now, Joe Biden is, is right now taking demands from the Taliban. That's a fact. They, they, they bashed the last guy for negotiating with terrorists. The guy right now is taking demands from terrorists. They're saying you need to be out of the country by August 31st. Now, the way the mainstream media is, is, is painting this up is that Joe Biden is sticking with his original plan to be out of there by August 31st. That's not his plan. That's a demand that the Taliban made for him. You better get out of our country by August 31st. That's what's happening. It's a fact. And again, I don't want to believe that this was just a way to restart the war on terror. They, now, they say they're going to pull out of the country. They say we're going to get our military men and women out of there. But I, I, I just can't see them standing by while we're still seeing on, on international television what you know the destruction and despair that's happening to the Afghani men and women and children that are left behind. Now, another thing that people should be concerned about, including myself, is that there is a very real threat that people disguising themselves as refugees are going to be coming to the United States and other surrounding first world countries by the droves. There is a clause, John, I wrote it down. I forgot what it's called, but it's like a, um, something like, oh, it's the reasonable fear loophole. Have you ever heard of that? No. So asylum seekers that come to the United States, they are allowed to seek asylum if their country is war-torn or they, they have a fear of going back to their country for uh, fear of persecution or anything like that. So the reasonable fear loophole, if an immigrant shows up at our door and says, I can't go back to my country, I'll die, or whatever the case may be, they're afraid to go back to their country for fear of their own safety, we have to accept them by the way our law is written right now. We cannot deny them. That sounds like a shitty law. That sounds like a really shitty law, John. So so I'm in Texas, where I think we're able to house 20,000, and we're getting... um, Afghans dropped here. I th- where is it? Uh, I want to say Houston, maybe. I forget where exactly it is in Texas. But we are getting, I think, upwards of twenty thousand refugees dropped here, which opens the pathway to wherever they want to go. Twenty thousand Afghani refugees. Yes. Wow, I didn't hear that. Twenty thousand is a lot. I know. Well, I don't know if that's how many they're bringing. That's how many we we're able to house. Jeez. Uh, So our governor here, Larry Hogan, said for a fact we're taking 180 in. This was last week. 180. Can you you look that up? Because I I read that on somebody's Instagram, so I don't want to quote that and not be correct. So can you see? I want to say it's Houston, and I want to say, yeah, I want to say they said they they could house 20,000 or something like that. But regardless... The fact that we are letting these people in in such an unfiltered and uncontrolled way, right, in this kind of uh, pandemonium, everything's going on, is is a huge danger, especially to a, a – I mean, Afghanistan does not like us. They don't. Like, I know there are great people in Afghanistan. Uh, especially and people that now. Us, but especially – so we're 
literally bending ourselves over the barrel. We're not even being bent. We're bending over for them, being like, hey, if you want to hoodwink us a little bit, you know, this would be the time. And it's 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 scary. Um, again, I feel like America has has done a very good job at trying to protect everyone else more so than their own people. America last, brother. Ten thousand. Wow. And and that where where is that for? That's in Houston, El Paso. I don't go to El Paso. No one does. Um, well, that's a lot. That, that ten thousand is a lot of people. That's a, that's 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 a lot. I mean, when you look at small town Texas, that's bigger than most towns in Texas. Like uh, a lit lot. high school football game does not pull in ten thousand people. And well, in Texas, it does. No, I'm just, it's a lot. It's a lot of people. I, I mean, you look at cons. I mean, it, that is a lot of people. And to come in under this lack of control gives shows. I mean, then again, how many of those do you need to be infiltrating to have a bad situation? Two, one. And the thing is, why you know why can't they go to neighboring countries? Why can't they go to all, all these other first world because countries? Because I'm telling you, this is something that just frustrated me and I don't have an answer for, but we are always putting our citizens last and everybody else. The, the immigrants, we want, the, like, we're worried about them, right? We would rather have 10 Im- immigrants come in and kill one of our own than say no to 10, immigr- 10, 10 immigrants. We care more about everything else. Because we want to make sure we're the most woke, accepting, loving country, except when it comes to one of our own. And we're like, shit, we'll sacrifice one to look good for 10. And it's all about numbers. We're trying, they're they're trying to stack as many numbers to say, oh, we were led in under the Biden administration, which happened to be Democrat. And that's the way, I mean, the same thing with the illegal immigrants from Mexico. That's the new demographic. We try to cater to blacks right now, but guess what? Hispanics are going to be the next one, which is going to be the next one that you see all Hispanics are dying. Racial disparities for Hispanics. Vote Democrat if you want to eliminate those. It's the same routine. I am sick and tired of seeing my people, our people, put second and everybody else put first. And this administration is doing that more than I've ever seen. I mean, and I've only been alive for 29 years. Uh, I mean, well, CNN, CNN is already laying the groundwork for this. Uh, wh- what did that stupid woman say? She said, they're singing death to America, but they're pretty friendly. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> I, mean, I saw that. I mean, I... One of the jokes I heard was, you know, the reason the Taliban hasn't been completely devastated by COVID nineteen is because they don't get CNN over there. Yeah, that's a, and, that's and a fact. The last joke I'll say was that the best tweet I've seen lately is that somebody somebody wrote, "I've never heard eighty one million people be so silent." Wow. Yo, you just put like a silence in my head right now. That was trippy. Because I literally, my whole head just literally went through like every account that I know that's always saying some stupid shit about Biden. And I was like running through it. Like, and I was like, yo, I haven't seen anything from any of these people. Like nothing. Yeah, nobody can defend it. I saw a couple people post some things and it was like completely irrelevant, like about something that like was like race related or something. I'm like. So, man, I, I'm like, so I, I'm trying, I'm trying to, 
bring not a conclusion, but I'm trying to bring something out of this podcast for the people that's that's I don't want to say positive, but just you know encouraging. And, and I'm just like this is the most that probably you and I, I mean, at least for me, I know probably you as well, have just t- just talked shit. Like I try to maintain an open mind and really see the good versus just shit on people. But this situation calls for nothing less than shitting on the Biden administration. I, I, they're, they're, and, and I get that there's other things that people might like about them, but this this is not one of them. And I made a video saying if this was the Trump administration that was doing this, I would be even more sad because I would have... This would have been happening with someone that I actually thought had good intelligence and was a well-rounded president. So I'd be even more devastated if this was happening under the Trump administration. But it's happening under Biden. I'm not as surprised as I should be, but I am just not able to see what people are seeing in Biden. I, I, I would I would ask people, and if you guys want to leave this, we have a we have a forum that is now open at the John Dawson Perspective.com. Um, I would like to ask the people. What is it that you voted Biden in for? And has he even started to do it for you? Like, like, what is it that made you? And, and if it's because you didn't like Trump, then you done fucked up. And thank you for that. But if you saw something in this man that you thought was, was, was going to change your, has he done it yet? Because I'm hoping there's somebody getting something solved by this administration. Because as of right now, I can't see a silver line. I can't see a copper lining in this situation and now it's it's escalated very quickly because now there's there's blood on his hands and there's deaths and i understand there are deaths under every administration because we are a country that is on high demand by by terrorists and other people but at some point guys what is it what is it that you were going for when you put this man in office and i hope you have something because i would love to have a little bit of light shed on the good that this administration is doing (sighs) Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I have anything anything good to add to the end of, to the back of that. You know, I, so I, when I was in one of my history classes in college, we ta- we learned about this red wave, and I can't for the life of me, I can't remember when it was. It was either in the '60s or '70s. It might have been after uh, Eisenhower, or maybe Daniel knows about it. But they had voted in a, a Democratic candidate, and he was so awful that the, that the next election the entire country just profoundly, overwhelmingly voted red for the Republican uh, candidate. I'm sure, I am sure that's what's going to happen now. I've been seeing a ton, a ton of TikToks. And I know TikTok isn't the world standard, but I've seen a ton of TikToks being like, I voted for Biden, but this ain't it. I saw saw a black lady do it. I saw a freaking Italian guy do it. And I was like, people who are, are... are uh let's say intelligent who voted what they thought intelligently like maybe believed the biden administration are now willing to say that they are wrong the people that voted missing with misinformation are not willing to admit that they're wrong because they're still buying the misinformation because as much as we think that no educated person voted for biden there are a ton of people there are a ton of people that believe what they said hook line and sinker and now and now they're just saying that it's just not true and they have no problem being like oh they lied this is not it that's fine um so I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're right. I, I, I truly still kind of believe that little mini conspiracy that 
that Trump was okay losing in order to show what he's actually done and is doing for this country. Because if he had been elected for a second term without this space in between, no one would know what we actually had because you don't know until it's gone. And now it's gone and we're like, damn. And that's how you get that red. Oh, man, I don't like it. I don't like tough love. Make so, it stop. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the reality is uh, that a lot of people vote blue because they think it's the, the party of humanitarianism. <laughs> you know, the Democrats give away a lot of money. They, you know, they're the 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 party of welfare, the party of food stamps, the party of uh, social oppression. Programs. Oppression. What? Man, oppression. We can get into that. But you, as as a Republican candidate, you don't want to get into a pissing match with how much money you're willing to give away while competing with the Democratic Party. They'll beat you every time because they're the party of freebies. That's why that's I mean, that's why a lot of people were so anti-Trump is because in the wake of Black Lives Matter and this idea of, uh, you know, systemic racism, Trump was not willing to get into a pissing match about giving away the most to communities because that's not that's not what Republicans stand for. That's not what conservatism is about. So Trump didn't do that until the very end. We came up with the platinum plan, but that's neither here nor there. People vote blue because they think it's the party of humanitarianism. Now, you, now we now have officially two humanitarian crises that happened because directly of Joe Biden policies, the southern border, and now Afghanistan. So, to the people that say vote blue no matter who because of humanitarian purposes. You done fucked up? You done fucked up. <laughs> that's the bottom line. So, and that's the thing, though, like the, the letting people across the border, it's like that doesn't help anybody. Like, yeah, they get here, but but they didn't help anybody. They 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 the amount of people that got murdered and got raped and 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 got and are just, still and still that's happening. That that's not humanity. That that's there is nobody being helped. Maybe forty years from now, you're going to have a ton of Mexican families that are going to be living and doing whatever. But the way that you're doing this, I mean, we wouldn't let chickens be handled this way. Freaking PETA would be all over you. But yet we're okay with with the the party of of you know human uh, 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 the party of of do good to all doing this. Same thing with with what's happening in Afghanistan. The party of you know we want to protect everyone. We want to give everybody money. We want to give everybody the ability to thrive, which is a absolute bullshit. And just to spark, just to spark some freaking drama here, the Democrat Party oppresses the same way that slave owners oppressed back in the day. And this time it spans all races. If you look at what the Democrat Party does to underprivileged people, which you would consider largely minority, you would realize that they do not help them. As a matter of fact, all they do is feed them a little bit of rat food so they don't actually try to escape the cages. And I don't understand why we can't see that as a, as a collective where every other aspect of life will totally understand that if you just give somebody something, they won't appreciate it. Anybody, blue, red, left, right, gay, straight, black, white, will agree with you when they say, if you just give people things, they'll never know how to do it themselves. Yet when the Democrat Party says, don't worry about it, we'll give you things, all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, they care about humanity. How do we grasp things on every single level, except for when it comes to a political realm and that same concept that we grasp in another situation all of a sudden seems genius to us because the Democrat Party is giving people something but aren't giving them anything to produce or build off of. 
That is literally modern-day slavery, which is handouts so that you're incompetent to do anything on your own. I hate to be those two guys that keep just agreeing with each other, but you're 100% right, is that all these people that are coming over the border right now, these migrants that are coming from nothing, these, you know, they're not going into, you know, upper middle class neighborhoods and getting good tech jobs and, you know, contributing their, their tax dollars and, you know, building to our society. No, they're going directly into the democratic welfare machine. They're going right into the system. Yep. which is just creating a bigger poverty class, a bigger subordinate class, a bigger government-dependent class. And that's exactly what the Democratic Party wants. And a bigger wealth disparity gap because you have more poor and that in turn makes more of the rich because the middle goes down. Nine, like right. However many clip, they go down. They don't the necessarily go The middle class gets absorbed into the lower class. Yeah. So you Prince are eliminating the, the, the middle class, which is the only class that still has the power to fight the upper class. Or not, I don't want to call it the upper class, but the, the elite, the, the ruling class, we'll call it. Yeah. And in doing so, you create a bigger government-dependent class, and that's exactly what they want to do. And that's what Democrats that vote blue for humanitarian purposes don't quite understand. So one of the great things about American capitalism is that we are able to provide. We are the country of plenty. We have ample stuff. We have ample resources. We have the money to be able to fund things like missionary work around the world, these nonprofits that do all kinds of great things around the world. If you kill that, if you turn America into a socialist country, you're not going to have that kind of stuff. All you're going to have is the ruling class and everybody at or below the poverty line. You're not going to have missionary work. You're not going to have nonprofit organizations doing all this great stuff around the world. So the Democratic Party now in charge, they control the House, they control the Senate, they control the Oval Office, they effectively control the military. And now we're heading back towards segregation. We have people saying you're not allowed to be in a, going to a uh, restaurant unless you're vaccinated. Well, who's mostly not vaccinated? Minorities. Black people and brown people, regardless of where they're from, whether it's South America or, or Asia, we, uh, across the board, white people are the, are the people that are mostly vaccinated. So you have white people, white Democrats saying that unvaccinated people can't come into these restaurants. We're heading back to segregation. So this isn't what I thought they meant when they said the South would rise again. <laughs> it's, it's interesting. I want to say interesting. It's, uh, I mean, impressive in a dark way how well they have diluted and divided. So nothing is potent enough for anybody to wake up, right? Right? Like we, we have like the morphine in our veins, not enough to put us under, but not enough to make us aware to where all these people are just walking around, just barely understanding the basics and either falling in line or fighting against, right? Like, like we don't, there's, there's no, there's no understanding across any, on, across any, any, any lines. There's no, there's no understanding. So I, I, I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but I, I just feel like the way we keep these things being like these things keep being implemented is is that it's it's an emotional divide. It's 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 a fear tactics. Every every country that has gone into the communist, uh, um, you know, what would you call it that is that has become communist or or some sort has always done it via fear. 
We in America have never feared anything. We're America. Fuck yeah. Like yeah. we've never feared anything. That's and the, the one time, the one time they finally got America to fear, they implemented and are implementing everything. We have never been on our knees to the point where we are in fear of anything. So when we look around and we're wondering why they're trying to grab so much so quick, you've got to realize there is not much that cripples America. Because no matter what the government does, we have always been able to at least see through it to a certain extent. But if we have this deception in the government along with this COVID bullshit, that's just enough to put everyone to a misinformed level where no one's on the same page and everyone is scared. Whether you're scared about corona, whether you're scared about the way the government's going and the way the world's going, it doesn't matter. We're all scared as shit. And this is the most in fear America's been. And I think it is the ultimate way to remove all of our freedoms. And I'm not talking, I, I mean, I'm talking extreme. We are the last final front of freedom. The American flag is the last sign of freedom. And they are attacking that with everything they've got. Yeah, fear is a great motivator, and uh, like you said, it's 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 sloppy what's happening, and it's so rushed that you like. I, I think you have a point there. Is that they see this as the golden opportunity? <laughs> I think a year a year ago this time they were talking. They there were multiple world leaders calling it a golden opportunity. Oh yeah, whether it was verbatim, Just, Justin Trudeau or the the World Economic Forum, they like they see this as a golden opportunity. America is scared. America is the financer of the planet. Let's milk it for all they're worth. Let's 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 tighten down the tourniquet. Let's take them for all the, all they're worth, and you know we can get everything out of this. We can dominate the world through this fear that America is going through right now. Did you hear what Trudeau was saying about buses and trains? Like they're saying, like you cannot have transportation unless you are vaccinated and have a vaccine card. Like you, the only way you can be transported publicly in Canada is if you are sick in some way and they will I think they handle that case by case. But if you are not vaccinated and Daniel can you can you fact check me on this? If you are not vaccinated in Canada from what I saw of his speech from his mouth you were not allowed to travel. No, it's in, 100%. With public transportation. Yeah. Not allowed to be on a train. I think uh I'm not sure if it's flights but trains, buses, trains, stuff buses, like that. Trains, buses, yeah, you're not allowed. Uh, and, to. You know, and that's what happens to a country when they don't have a second amendment. <laughs> dude in my lifetime man this is happening this is dude so let's step back from this emotional based conversation and let's just let's just grasp how old have you been i forgot you're like 30 30 31 damn i know right I'm a fossil you're a yeah dude i'm about to dig you up with some dirt on a rock man um i'm 29 you gotta cut my leg off and count the rings to tell how old i am right Right. Don't worry. They'll probably like 400 million years or something. <laughs> um, I mean, that's another thing. Science where like they make up. I didn't realize how they make up dinosaurs from like two bones. And I'm like, you telling me that these dinosaurs were made up of a femur and you just made the rest of it. Anyway, side, that's sidebar. ADD's kicking in. We could get into that, but let's not. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, in our lifetime, I'm 29. So pretty much same age. In our lifetime, we are seeing the largest shift of power in the last 400 years would you say probably yeah since since the dawn of this i mean arguably since the civil war for sure 
Yeah. And it is happening in a way where, like we, like we always said years ago, like the, the next war is going to be technology. It's not going to be guns blazing, right? There'll be many battles, kind of like what's happening in Afghanistan. There'll be many battles, but overall, the war is going to be with technology, with information. And we're seeing it right now. We're seeing it. You know, you, you get a video taken down. I was just, I, while we were sitting here on the live, I, I know a military guy on TikTok um, who actually has friends in in Cabal, um, um, he just mentioned me back actually, and I was going to ask him to hop on here because he has he, he has a, he he was over there and he has a translator translator that's still there. I was going to ask him, hey, what's the information on it? Like, do can you hop on the podcast real quick? And he got banned from TikTok hmm. for giving information about what's going on over there over in Afghanistan. That's the that's that's the war is eliminating true information or just information you don't want out there so that the the masses, right? Not you and I, but the masses, not most probably not many of the people listening to this podcast, but we're not the masses, we're the minority. Eliminate the masses from the truth and you can manipulate this world however you want. And that is the war that's happening, right? We don't re- like because we don't see guns blazing, we don't think there's a war at hand. There is a bigger war than has ever hit this world happening right now. And it's happening with the banning of Trump off Twitter and leaving the Taliban on. It happens with all of us conservatives getting videos banned left and right if the information does not align with the story that they're trying to tell. It happens with people getting shadow banned off Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, and not showing their content because they don't want anybody to disrupt the lie the Hollywood script that they have written. And if you don't, if no one disrupts that script, no one knows it's a script. And that's where we're sitting right now. The best way we can see through this script is by watching Joe Biden speak. That is the easiest way to see that it's a script. But everybody else, the Nancy Pelosi's even, the, the AOC's, all these other people who aren't as transparent, they're still using the same script. They might read it better than Biden, but our entire government is scripted right now. Our entire livelihood and outcome of these situations that we think are happening, the COVID and all this, is scripted. And that's the war. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a scary time. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is what time throughout human history was not a scary time. You know, there was always, you know, war or pandemics or whatever the case may be. It is also an exciting time. And I oh, think yeah. I, I speak for many millions of, of young men out there, uh, especially those who have never served in the military, that we all at some point daydream about our opportunity to sort of fight the power or, you know, wage war against evil for the good of mankind. We all, you know secretly yearn for that opportunity that's just part of you know masculinity but um i i will say something that i believe is truly positive is that we're not the minority what we believe is not some fringe ideology if if we were truly the minority they wouldn't have to censor us there would be no need to we would just we would just be overrun when it comes to social media regardless the fact that they're still so actively censoring us, the fact that there is such a war being waged across the internet against people who think like you and I, that tells you that we are winning this digital warfare. I see it, and and I think that's why I keep encouraging people to speak up is because I do see it. Um, 
I've never seen so many people speak up. I know it's still not enough, um, but I think you're right. I I I've seen the we're we're, sep- we're 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 separating right. It's like it's like we're making butter right now. We're starting to see this stuff separate. We're seeing the celebrities that are willing to speak out and own it, right? I one one person I respect a lot is is uh, Chris Pratt, huge celebrity. I'm talking about top of his game, is in the some of the biggest movies, and you see it come out of him all the time. Now he doesn't come right. out and blatantly say it, but you see exactly where he lies. You see how he conducts himself. You see the clothing that he wears. You American flags everywhere. Supports police. Supports the fire department. Follows all the conservatives. Follows Trump. All these things. You see it come out. It's starting to be something that people are like, look, I don't give a shit if I lose my job. You have nurses literally quitting, losing their jobs because they are standing firm in what they believe in. This is a snowball that we need to push down the hill until it literally topples the swamp that is trying to stifle us right now. But I keep talking like on Instagram and on TikTok being like, I posted a video about the it's just on my Instagram. Thousand people DM me with 100% smiley face, thumbs up, fire emoji. But then you go to their profiles like, y'all ain't said shit. You want to thumbs up my shit in private in a DM, which is great. And I have no problem. I mean, I get it. You have your own reasons. But everybody's willing to do it in the DMs. Everybody's willing to say something behind behind closed doors. But 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 when Jeff, their neighbor, is grabbing their mail, they don't want to show them that they're wearing a, you know, a much-loved American lifestyle shirt, right? Because like, oh, shit, they might know that I'm a conservative. They might know that I think this whole thing is a joke, Right. right? We have to encourage people to stop doing that. Just like I said with the parent-teacher meeting, I didn't want to wear a mask. I didn't wear a mask until the lady asked me, can you please put a mask on? And at that point in time, I caved. I said, I mean, yes, I guess, because why? I don't want to be a dick, I guess. But at some point, and and I feel bad for talking about it because I'm a hypocrite because, I, I mean, I put it on, but, like, it's my daughter's school. Like, I'm not trying to... You know, I'm not trying. I mean, there's a time and a place that you to pick those battles. Yeah, and it's not with my daughter's name and face on the line. That's sure. Pretty much where I drew the line. But even then, we need to get people to speak up, to speak out. And I know this is redundant, and everybody's heard it. And and I know, I mean, you guys know who my neighbors are, and and people like to think they're super conservative. Maybe they are. I really don't know. I don't know them, but they have a major platform. They have they have TV networks that they run. They could easily, they could easily not say something directly, but they could easily point in a direction to make people feel okay with loving their country. They could easily put content out there that makes people feel okay with sharing how much they appreciate the opportunity they have. They could make it very easy for people to feel comfortable and belonging to something by putting something out there being like, yes, we're proud of our country too. But for some reason, people would rather have Susie Q on Instagram or down the street think that they're cool people and not divisive than actually save the world that their parents or that their kids are going to somehow figure out to live in in 20 years from now. You're so family oriented. You're all about family. Everybody's about family. Everybody's about legacy. But no one wants to give up their fucking comfortability to let their kids have a world that had the same amount of freedom that they got to live in. Well, I've never churned butter, but I can get behind the idea of confidence and courage being contagious. So we talk about people like Chris Pratt, you, talk, you know, all these, you know, certain celebrities that, that speak out. 
I was the type of person that never in a million years would have started talking about my politics on the internet. Right. Frankly, when when this all started happening, uh, summer of last year or spring of last year, I was a uh, I I wasn't even sure what I believed in politically. I had to be reminded through other people, and when I saw other people speaking out so so passionately, I I realized that these people are righteous and what they're saying is the truth. That's how I really feel. I was becoming what they call a product of your environment. My associates are liberals. My area is liberal. That was sort of what I was trending towards. And seeing other people speak out, people having the courage to say how they feel, regardless of what their, their, their friends and family and associates and the people that follow them on Instagram, the people they went to high school with might think, that is not important. There are so many bigger, more important things than what somebody you are never going to see or hear from again might think of your Instagram post. So you're right, John. I encourage everybody to constantly speak out. It's contagious. That 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 when people see the courage in you, it it uh, it inspires them, and every little bit counts. Whether whether it's a you know posting a tweet on your Instagram story or just walking up to your neighbor and saying, "Hey, man." I support the American flag too. All of that stuff it adds up. That was well said, sir. That that's and that's what it is. It's 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 for lack of a better term a kumbaya moment for everyone to to be. Hey, we 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 get you. Like we're, we're I'm here with you. You're you're somebody that I appreciate. You're doing something that I accept. You're you're not that you need my acceptance, but you are somebody, or you you're doing something that I actually support. I don't. I'm not telling people to walk around at looking for validation in who you are, but like you see a police officer, like I do all the time. Hey, thank you for your service, right? Like thank you for protecting me when I could. When for all you know, I could be someone that hates you. I could have been someone that was campaigning to defund you, but if I came down to it, you're going to protect me. That's what we need to do for our fellow citizens, right? We don't realize that. If you see somebody wearing a shirt that says, proud to be an American, you got to be like, hey, man, so am I, right? And that makes them wear that shirt a couple more times, or maybe that makes them take their mask off a couple times. This needs to start snowballing fast because, again, like I said at the beginning, this is a game you don't get to play again if you lose. Stop, stop allowing ourselves to be driven apart and start coming together. I want to leave you guys with with one thing for me personally is that kind of like we already talked about at some point you've got to stop giving a damn what other people think of you and start fighting for the truth. This goes for both sides. If you are constantly fighting for your side more so than you're fighting to find truth, you're fighting for the wrong thing. Democrats, I know it's not fun to admit when you're wrong. Trust me, I've done it many times. But at some point, we've got to figure this out. Republicans, conservatives, patriots, whatever you want to call yourself, don't really care. At some point, sending a DM to someone else who had the balls to post something isn't going to cut it. You got to you gotta put something out there yourself because your one post, your one story might encourage 20 other people to do it. Those 20 people might encourage 150,000. 150,000, and then we'll realize that there's actually like 81 million people that agree with you. And once that cat's out of the bag, you can't hoodwink it. Because at that point in time, we know how many people are out there that think that, and we're open about it. But people, the the enemy, however you want to phrase it, caters 
or, or, or banks on the fact that they know we are quiet. And if we don't let each other know, how are we ever going to fight back when we think somebody's lying? We can't because none of us are going to speak up. So I encourage people to speak up, period. Stop, stop feeling sorry about you and your followers and all this other stuff and, and say something. That's all I got. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And not only does it encourage other people to speak up, but it also you, it gives you the opportunity to build a network. So, I mean, like I said, I never in a million years thought to post my political views on the internet. But the, the, the warm welcome I got from that, the amount of uh, encouragement I got from that, the amount of you would be so shocked to see how many people agree with what you have to say. But the thing is, we are all so afraid of the loud side, the loud minority versus the majority. So like you said, John, we need to be adults about what's happening in this world right now. What people might think about you is not as important as what is actually going on in this world. So with that, I encourage people to speak up, stand out, never be afraid. And like I said, you'd be surprised how many people agree with you. And, and I have a last question for you, Ben. You ready for this? Ready. If you could see a moment in the future or change something in your past, what would you choose? That's tough. I mean, it really, it's six on one, half a dozen on the other. Uh, I, would take, I would take a moment in the future. I think because I mean, if I could, if I could like just like teleport and see where I'm at, like five or 10 years from now, I'd be like, okay, whew, thank God the world didn't end. I made it. I did. Okay. I'm not, you know, some starving weirdo living under a bridge. <laughs> so if you could see a moment in the future, what moment would you want to see? Um, I'd want to see the point where I was, a father with healthy children in a stable, uh, stable living environment. I think that's the ultimate goal. I mean, that's what most people's real goal is just to have a happy, healthy family man and be able to take care of them. So if I can see that I achieved that, I can, uh, I, I, I can rest easy at night. Oh man. I like it. That's good. That's good. All right, guys. I appreciate you being here. I'm, I'm tripping out cause I'm looking at my camera now and I look all weird. Um, Thank you for stopping by. Please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify. Um, leave a comment. I think they're called comments. Subscribe. Do whatever you got to do. We hope to see you guys on episode three. Keep on the lookout for a potential bonus episode coming out in the next days, or it might have been out before this. I don't know. And uh, with that being said, we hope to see you guys next Monday at 8 p.m. Central. And... Um, We'll talk to you guys in. Thanks for listening. And please don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. We'll see you on the next one.